Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Stu telling me one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Happy to be with you on a Tuesday evening, SWX Montana across the state as well. Thanks for letting us uh, hang out with you for a little while as we head into hour number two, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Go there this Saturday. Biggest sale of the entire year, one day only. Giant sale. Giant sale. Can't even advertise the percentages on some of the discounts that you're going to get there. That's how big it is, say, uh, this Saturday, 10 to 4 at Kurtz Polaris. Uh, if you would like to call, you could do that, 329-1899. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. And if you want to listen live on the interweb, we got that covered for you, too. 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live on the Listen Live tab. The stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, we've talked about uh, the Grizzlies versus the Lions of southeastern Louisiana. Now let's talk about the Great Danes of the University of Albany, who are headed for Bozeman Saturday to take on Montana State. And, uh, again, Jeff Undercuffler, who is the outstanding quarterback of uh, the uh, uh, of the Great Danes, a redshirt freshman who's thrown 39 touchdowns this season, set a uh, record uh, in so doing as a freshman. So we will uh, have him on the show later on this week. But let's hear first from Jeff Choate talking about the University of Albany in general, what it is they do, what they do well. I think this team reflects uh, their head coach in a lot of ways. Uh, coach Catuso is a defensive-minded guy, tough guy. Um, very much a team that I think plays with a discipline that uh, they make sure they do not beat themselves. I mean, they do not make a lot of mistakes. They do not give up a lot of explosives. They're top 25 in the country in turnover margin. Uh, they don't get penalized a lot. I think they're just a very disciplined team. Coach Catuso, who he's referencing there, by the way, 1982 national champion 
defensive end for your Penn State Nittany Lions. I mean, this is a dude who's, you know, a lifer, as they say. It's it's really hard to find, like, real stats from way back then. But uh, he was on the roster 1981 through 1983. I have no idea if he's a starter. I can confirm he was a letterman, though. So that means he was among the you know, 65 guys on the travel roster. Yep. So, I mean... Penn State actually won back-to-back national championships, 1981-1982, though one was the only official one, the other one a unclaimed or shared there has, national title. As of now, 2019, still never yet been an official national champion in the FBS. So, moving on. But yes, a good football team, Penn State, no doubt. And Which then affirms my point that it's all pointless. Because there's never been an official national champion doesn't mean that it's pointless. Those are two. That's a confluence that they're... It's a very they're, esoteric conversation we could get in because it might all just be pointless. Well, you know, if you want to go to philosophy school, we could discuss that. But you, don't you have a master's? Yeah. International man of philosophy and mm-hmm. mystery? That's right. Wow. Greg Gattuso... So, first of all, I, I often have such... Uh, I, I often laugh to myself when I think of... Jeff Choate watching film by himself because Choate, and I've talked about this with a couple of Montana State people. So he, he comes to these press conferences and he's so unbelievably prepared and it's so interesting. And he was particularly jazzed up on Monday just in terms of the X's and O's parts of it. I mean, he's talking about every stunt and stem that their D line runs. And I, I mean, he gave you like the systematic breakdown of everything that X's and O's wise that Albany does on both sides of the ball. But he said multiple times. I'm a D-line guy. Greg Atuso's a D-line guy. We like D-linemen. D-linemen are good. You These know, guys' D-linemen's are good. It's it's funny that you say that, too, because we talk a lot, it seems to me, on this show about, you know, the, 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 the hardships, for lack of a better word, of being a head football coach, especially at the college level, and all the things that you have to deal with and manage. But also... There's plenty of stuff in there that is just so very fun for these guys. And there's a lot of things that can, like, it, you can love game day. I think most guys, most coaches probably do. You can love being out there in front of the, you can love the challenge of it and being in front of the fans. You can love being with your kids and, and the team aspect of it. And I'm sure that they do. But there's a lot of guys who are just straight football nerds that love to sit in the dark room and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's shady. He's, oh, look at the three technique here. Look at the hand action on this. Look at how he's spinning out of it and on and on and on they go and just get to like sit there and review this stuff and just get uh, to have a blast of like 12 hours by themselves watching the way different teams different coaches different players are going about it and that is obviously uh, on one hand it's a grind because it's I'm sure to some guys that's the labor of it but to other guys I mean they might not you know they love to be in the room seeing this stuff and seeing how it goes. And Chote is particularly funny because when he gives you the breakdown of the other team's offense, which he's very involved in the game planning for, yes, he always is talking about, man, this guy's a problem. We're going to have a problem with this guy. This guy gives you issues. Yeah. And then when he's talking about the defense, you can always tell the guys that he like wishes he had, that he wishes <laughs> played for him. Like He just could not get over North Dakota's middle linebacker, Donnell Rogers, this year. Right. Like, I love this guy. I love him. Comes right. downhill, smacks you in the face. And I just think he's so entertaining to listen to. But on that note, uh, we talked about Southeastern Louisiana off the top. And I think I'd give the same evaluation when it comes to Albany in the fact that Jeff Underclufford, the freshman quarterback, he reminds me a lot of Case Cookies from Northern Arizona. Cuffler. Cuffler. Under 
Cuffler. There is no Albany and there is no Cluffler. There's only Albany and under Cuffler. Under Cuffler reminds me a lot of Case Cookies. Similar builds, mm. about six foot five. Uh, Cuff, under Cuffler is there a little is. bit, a little bit bigger. He's about two hundred thirty pounds, so probably about twenty twenty five pounds. What a decade younger. Yeah, right. But he, he he has a ton of confidence. He can he throws the ball down the field early and often. He's got a big arm. He spins it. Mm. He he would be a good quarterback in the Big Sky Conference certainly. Yeah. But he he would start at probably half the schools in the league, no doubt. Their running back, Carl Morfor, Jeff Choate talked about how he thinks that he's an FBS-type talent, and his numbers are indicative of that. I mean, he was an, an Under Armour All-American-type guy coming out of high school in Maryland. I'm not really sure why he was under-recruited, except for maybe the fact that he's 5'8". But he's having a huge year. He's, got, he's a 1,250-yard rusher so far this year. And then Juwan Green, I mean, he would be one of the best receivers in the league. He's, he's not quite as tall as a Samari Toure, for example, for the Grizz, but he's got better top-end speed. I mean, he he's a re- true 4-4 guy that's going to get looks from some scouts. So, I mean, breaking down these offensive skill players is a great example of what I'm talking about. So, here you go. Here's uh, head coach Jeff Choate talking about uh, the outstanding freshman quarterback for Albany, Jeff Undercuffler. Their quarterback, Undercuffler, redshirt freshman. I mean, this guy's doing some historic things in terms of the way he's throwing the ball. Uh, very confident, big arm, big, strong kid. Team rallies around him. You can see as you watch them throughout the course of the year how his confidence has increased. He makes less and less mistakes every week and uh, and attacks the field with more confidence. It's really true. And and when he talks, you know, he uses the word confidence in there about three or four times. And we will have uh, our interview with Undercuffer later on in the week with you. But in talking to this guy, um, First of all, the confidence is without question there. A little bit of the chip on the shoulder. I mean, this is a kid who grew up in Jersey, was a three-sport athlete, an outstanding baseball player, outstanding state champion baseball basketball player, and got under-recruited. Uh, according to him, under-recruited. Right. And when you you know when you're in a high population area like you know like like Jersey is and you know the greater New York area and I don't know where in Jersey he grew up and all that but there's plenty of people all over the place and you think that you can play and you're going up here's what's here's what we fail to realize here Coulter I, I, not realize but we don't experience this in the state of Montana all that much when guys are really really good outstanding athletes in the state of Montana they stand out and we've seen plenty of plenty of players from the state of Montana go pro in various sports throughout the years. When you play baseball or football or whatever it is in a place like New Jersey, all of your classmates, not all of your classmates, but plenty of your classmates are being given scholarships to Division I schools on the regular. Like, that's not new news. That's not unique that that would happen. It's not making the state radio show. It's not making, you know, the big-time uh, waves in, in general happenstance. Now, sometimes five-star kids that, you know, the Trevor Lawrences of the world, sure. they get that sort of recognition. But you become a national recruit. That a, that a guy's going to play at App State or at North North Carolina State, or is going to play at you know basket you know some of these different places under there. That's just usual. And when you're a kid who's played against all of these kids and beat all of these kids as a state champion in multiple sports, and they're going to Power Five to FBS schools, and you have FBS schools coming to look at you, and you, you don't get an offer, and you sit there and go, well, what in the world is happening? You know, and and 
it's interesting to hear a kid like this who comes in and just slings it right out of the gate as a redshirt freshman is setting records for the for his proficiency as a passer and who and what he is. And if you asked him, which we did, no surprise to him. I've been doing. I mean, I did it a bunch of, against a bunch of guys that are playing power five football. Why wouldn't I be able to do it now? But with that. He also, you know, grew a lot throughout the course of this year and is is a, a really good player even as a young guy. I think the other thing that's really fascinating to me about the recruiting game is when a guy is like a fringe guy. I mean, Undercuffler talked to us about getting multiple Power 5 looks and interest. And sometimes when you are talking to, you know, this is just a straight-up assumption, but say you're talking to schools like, Syracuse and and UMass and you know maybe Villanova and you know say Penn State's in there maybe with a walk on offer or something like that, but sometimes especially at the quarterback spot, if you're a, a fringe Power Five guy who then gets starts getting talked to by FBS and Power Fives, the other schools like Delaware and New Hampshire, they're just like, well, we're not going to get that guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to drop off that guy. This is exactly what happened with Casey Bauman, and I know Casey Bauman has not fulfilled his potential yet at Montana State. But Casey Bauman got recruited by nobody because he was in the upper northwest corner of Washington. He decided to go get himself recruited, went to a camp at Wyoming, went to a camp at Montana, went to a camp at Idaho, ended up with offers. Uh, went to a camp at Montana State, I should say, not Montana. Ended up with offers from all the all those schools, and then he gets invited to the Northwest Elite Camp, and he gets the Top Gun Award at this camp, and now all of a sudden, oh, okay, well, can this kid play? Why don't we know about this kid? But neither Washington or Washington State had any scholarship money, and he's not—he's too raw of a guy to get there. But everybody in state like drop off him. Eastern Washington was never in the mix because they thought, oh, well, he—we didn't—we don't know about this kid. Okay, now he got himself identified over here, or maybe he's going to go here. So they don't waste the recruiting resources on it. I think sometimes that's where kids fall through the cracks because you think if you're if if you're good enough to get some looks from Power Fives and FBSs. You're good enough to start as a freshman at a Colonial Athletic Association school, albeit Albany is new to the CAA as of the last six years, but either way, you're good enough to start as a freshman. You'd think that he would at least be in the mix with schools like Richmond and Delaware and New Hampshire and the other FCS schools in that neck of the woods, but he just said that he was not really recruited by anybody. I think, but you get stuck. You know what I'm saying, though? You get stuck in the middle because people are like, oh, man, Syracuse is talking to him. Well, maybe Syracuse will pull the trigger. And then when Syracuse doesn't, everybody else has been off of you and they've already filled their spots. And it's particularly prevalent at quarterback Mm. because you only recruit one or two per class and you're probably only going to have one full ride kid. Right. So sometimes then you can get the diamond in the rough type kid, which it appears this kid is. Speaking of developmental players, though. The next guy we're going to talk about, Juwan Green. This kid's got 80 catches for over 1,300 yards, 16 touchdowns. Impressive numbers. He was a junior college guy, and he was pretty good last year, and he's just really burst out of the scene. I think a part of that is his chemistry with Undercuffler. To tell Nuanas, watching on ESPN Radio, here is uh, Jeff Choate talking about Juwan Green, the outstanding wide receiver for Albany. Number four is special, I think. 
Uh, you look at a guy who's got 16 touchdown receptions. It doesn't matter if he's in if they, if he's double covered, he's not th- covered because Undercover has trust and, and confidence in this kid, and he will go get it. He is a dude. 80 receptions, 16 TDs. I don't care if you're playing Pop Warner. I mean that, that's that's pretty impressive. And this guy is is a legit, I think NFL type of guy. He's got top end speed, runs good routes, attacks the ball in the air, and is a, he's a major problem. He's a major problem. You give one on one opportunities to number four, he's going to find him. And they're, they're going to make you pay because they're going to take enough shots, obviously, down the field that uh, the law of averages catches up. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Well, it's nobody that uh, it's or it's nothing that that uh, people don't know because Undercuffler said the exact same thing to us. He goes, "If I see one on one, period, that's where the ball's going. We're going to number four. That's it, and that's all." Colson, the other guy uh, that uh, Jeff Cho wanted to talk about or did talk about was Eli Menser, who's an outstanding defensive end for Albany. I think fourteen and a half sacks. Did you say, let's hear what uh, Jeff Cho has to say about him. Of course, he spent the most amount of time on the defensive guy. Seems like number 12 on the edge, they do a lot to kind of get you in one-on-one situations. You dealt with a little bit of that with OB and Sac State. Do you see any similarities, and how do you kind of mitigate a guy like him? Well, he's longer and I think faster than Obina. He's not as big, but uh, if you're getting third and extra long and this guy gets one-on-one with a tackle, it's going to be a problem. And so, you know, there's some things that we've got to do. Being aware of his location is going to be important. And that creates, uh, you know, there's sometimes there's some issues in terms of, you know, if you're going to slide the protection one way, I just move the guy on the other side and they can fix that, you know. And so we've got to be able to be smart about how we protect. And we got to have success on first and second down. We can't get into third and extra long. That's not good for us anyway, stylistically, but uh, in particular because of the talent of their edge rushers. Chote, he really was fired up breaking down what Albany does yeah. on the defensive line. And I think that... There's so many different ways to get pressure on a quarterback, but there's also so many ways to operate this day and age. And Bobby Houck, I've asked him this question multiple times, and he, he's never really embraced giving me the answer to it. There's a dis- weird some some defenses they absolutely have to have negative plays for their defensive style to work. Especially teams that play a ton of man on the outside because you need a negative play to knock the offense off schedule. Other defenses play a little bit more bend but don't break. They know that they can get those two and three yard tackles and set you up and get you into a third and five without getting a negative play. If you end up in three third and fours 
one of them you're not going to get, and it will end the drive. Right. And in some in some defense. And I've state. asked Coach Houck this multiple times, like, how much does this defense rely on negative plays? And he always says, well, <laughs> every defense wants to get negative plays, but that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is how important is it to the actual full breadth of your defensive scheme? You look at Southeastern Louisiana and you look at Albany, these two teams absolutely have to have it. Albany has 92 tackles for loss this year. That would lead the Big Sky Conference. To put that in perspective, Montana State has 90. And think about how good Montana State's front four is. Right. Montana has something like in the high 60s. And that's with guys that get a ton of tackles for loss like Jace Lewis and Dante Olson. I mean, a pretty good and above average number in college football this many games is in the high 60s or low 70s. So 92 is a ton. Southeastern Louisiana has 104. I even said that to Coach Houck, and he even actually took, took took the bait for the first time and said, man, that is a lot. That's a lot of, of tackles for loss. Uh, but the way that... So then, so then you get into even the more of the details. How do you do it, though? Are you a team that brings pressure all the time like Montana or like North Dakota, where you're running a blitz, even if it's not on a passing down, you're running a, a run stunt, yeah, you're you're flying to the football. You you know it's it's a it's a back motion predicated stunt. So the back goes to the right. Both Dante Olson and Jace Lewis are splitting to that side. There's no read. There's no gap responsibility. Get them. Mm-hmm. Jeff Choate said this team blitzes less than any team that they've played so far this year in 12 games. And he also talked about okay, so then if you don't blitz, how do you get 92 tackles for loss? And he talked about how these guys, they stunt, they shift. He he always talks about post-snap movement. He talked about that prevalently in the press conference leading up to the Grizz game. And I, I, I saw a lot of feedback on social media of people mocking him, like, what is post-snap movement? Isn't that just getting to the ball? What he means is when the ball snapped, you're not in the same gap as you were when the ball wasn't right. snapped. So you're jumping gaps. That's what these guys do. Their their D line is very they're very atypical in size. Eli Menser, who he's talking about right there, he's only 6'2", 229 pounds. So he's not a giant guy, but he's super, super long and super, super fast. So he's trying to get to the outside, get around the corner. He doesn't have that many gap responsibilities. He's gonna make huge splash plays. Like all his tackles are solo tackles or tackles for loss. That's what they are. And it's the same thing. Their interior defensive linemen are both Less than six feet tall, but they just they just jump gaps one way or the other. People will remember the infamous defense that Montana was running for two years under Jason Seymour, and that's kind of what they wanted it to be: jump a gap, make stunt, a play, twist, stunt, get twist, up the field, yep. get negative plays. It just it leaves you vulnerable to big plays. But when Choate was really breaking it down, what he wasn't saying was that these guys jump gaps all the time. Which what's that mean? It means they're not gap sound. Mm-hmm. What does Montana State do? Gap scheme. They try to get you out of your gap. So if you're going to jump to another gap, this is exactly what happened in the Grizz game. I rewatched the game the other night. Montana, they bring so many, so much pressure all over the place. And Montana State had so many different options in the game plan where when they saw a little bit of a shade, a little bit of a shift, they saw a little bit of a tendency, boom, hit them with a counter, eight-yard gain. Mm-hmm. Boom. All of a sudden you got second level, you got two guards on Dante Olsen and as spectacular of a player as he is, he's not getting through 660 pounds of man. <laughs> he knows right. that. And so you can just cut off the the double team, and th- that's the game within the game. And so I wonder, Albany lives and dies off of negative plays, jumping gaps, post-snap movement. Montana State loves playing teams like that, especially if they can get you out of your gap. So in terms of the matchup within the matchup, that could be something where Montana State 
I mean, they already have all year long, but that could be somewhere where they could really exploit Albany. Well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, you take a guy like Menser, who is, is obviously a, a get-after-the-quarterback, pass-rushing, get-into-the-backfield type of guy. There's just not all that much to be had when you play Montana State. Like you, right. and, and to then only be 230 pounds. Right. Going against Mitch Brown. Good luck. Good luck. You know, and so, you know, you can get around him, but if you get around him the wrong side, doesn't even matter. Well, I mean, and most of the time, the ball's gone. Because they don't really give Tucker Rovick seven-step drops. Right. I mean, it's take the snap, throw it. But, you know, as a running back, you, okay, well, you just read which which side, five yards to the right or five yards to the left, whatever it needed to be to get around Mitch Brott, which takes up some area. And then you just go the other way, and that, 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 that's it. That's all. I mean, it sounds simple, obviously, to say. It's not simple like that. But um, you're right. I mean, the, the, that scheme, that style, and, and frankly, the personnel, if you hit it right, it's going to work well for Montana State, it seems like. I said Albany, they finished 25th in the nation, according to the Stats FCS Top 25 poll. They're an eight and four team. Nine and four now. After Nine and four win. after yeah. the win. Then they won eight out of ten because they started one and two, so they're hot. They lost to Central Michigan in the FBS, mm-hmm. and two of their three other losses to uh, other other conference teams, other FCS teams. One was, I think, to Monmouth in overtime by three. Yep. Who was a t- what a ten win team and a top ten team in the nation? Eleven win team after and then last their, week. Their yeah. other loss, I forget to who it was, but was also a three point loss. So they are literally six points away from being only a two loss team with one of those. You know, and again, you know, okay, look, man, losing, winning close games—that's what makes a team, you know, really good or not. But with all that said, you know, the matchups are what they are. We'll talk more about those. This yeah. is a really good team that, again, they just had their very first ever FCS playoff win. First ever, okay? There's not a lot of history here with the Albany Great Days. But in the event that they go ahead and they get, you know, th- this team has been rolling the way they have, and they have some outstanding talent on this team as they do. This is a team that I think is better than what we would have guessed. So yeah. I mean they've they've played so many close games. They beat William and Mary by a touchdown. They lost to Richmond by a field goal. You know, they beat Rhode Island by a touchdown. They beat Delaware by four points. They beat New Hampshire by a touchdown. They beat Stony Brook by five points. Mm-hmm. So I mean th- they've been in close games on both sides. That I, I cut that soundbite a little bit short, but Choate went into that. And I think that's another element that's so interesting about college football. I always talk about how the scheme the schemes that defensive and offensive coordinators are enacting are built more than any other factor to make kids make mistakes. Yeah. And Choate said, you want to know how I know this team is well coached? Because they're in the top 25 in the country in third down efficiency on both sides of the football. They're top 25 least penalized teams in the country. They, they do all the things that you don't beat themselves. And Choate said, so often in college football, it's not even necessarily about winning the game. It's about not losing the game and let the other team lose the game. Right, let and, them make mistakes. And yeah. that's what... Albany seems to have done so well, especially down the stretch. Speaking of letting the other team lose the game, I don't know why it made me so happy, but for Auburn to run out their regular offense on a punting down with a minute to go. Alabama. No, Auburn. Oh, oh, oh right, right. Bring right, out right, their right, regular and, offers. And, and to trick get, Alabama, to get right. Saban confused, and Saban actually made the mistake that lost. Ult- I mean, whether they were going to win or not. But ultimately, it's just too good to be true. It's too good to be true. You told 
I'm not going to get into this with you right now. Alabama out of the playoff, okay? That's it. That's all I'm saying. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's no, it's no freak out like a college football freak out. It's a fact. Did you listen to Paul Feinbaum this week? Oh, yeah. I Alabama to, dynasty is over. What are you talking about, bro? I, I listened to him for 15 minutes today on Stephen A. And, you know, look, who am I to ask? Who, who am I to, 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 to take on Feinbaum on SEC stuff? I mean, they might be out of the playoff this year. They still won five national championships in the last 10 or 11 years. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Hey, we've done a lot of football. Basketball is in season two, though, people. Let's see you about. The Cats and the Grizz, where they're at right now, where they're heading, and uh, and what's going on with them. We'll give you an update right after this. Coulter, it's the holiday season, man. People traveling, people driving around, flying around, family coming in, family going out. Maybe you need an event space. Maybe you need to get away. Wingate by Wyndham, they got beds. They got breakfast. They got a pool with slides for the kids. They got great rates that don't change for business people traveling around the city of Missoula. If, you're, uh, if you are a traveler. You got family, whatever it is, you take them out to the Wingate. That's where they need to set them up, right? Need some somewhere to stay for your relatives for Christmas or upcoming Grizz playoff game or games. We'll see. Great place. Uh, easy access to the freeway, which I think you cannot understate in the city of Missoula. It's on Airport Boulevard. That does not mean you're out in some outpost out there. You just get on the freeway, bam, you can get Reserve Street, you can get Orange Street, you can get Van Buren. Easy access to downtown, to campus area, all the places you need to go in Missoula. So if you got friends or family coming into town for any occasion this month or at any time next year, go check out the Wingate by Wyndham. They also, like you mentioned, Gus, great travel rates, great business rates. They do not jack up their business prices anytime during the year. Their business and corporate Travel rates stay the same. If you need a place for a meeting for two or two hundred, they got you covered as well. Great real breakfast, not just not just the cereal. They got real full breakfast. So let the wind gate by window and make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good evening, boys and girls. Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. The Montana men's basketball team split a pair of games over the recent holiday weekend, winning against Coppin State at home and losing in the pit at New Mexico two days later. The Grizz won a pair of home games last week. Five players scored in double figures, led by senior Saeed Bridget, 19 points uh, that he had in a 74-62 win last Monday over Texas Southern. Montana made it two straight in Missoula, thanks to a strong defensive effort, and Bridget again going for 19 points and 12 rebounds in a 69-62 win over Coppin State. Freshman Derek Carter-Hollinger, he's been Pretty good. I don't this gets he's gonna be very good. He had his first career double double against Coppin State 10 and 10. The Grizz could not find any flow on Sunday, however, playing in the pit in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in front of a crowd of 10,500. The Grizz shot below 40%. They committed more fouls than they made field goals and they lost. 72-63. Pritchett had 25 points and 10 rebounds. Freshman Josh Vasquez scored a career-high 16 points, but the Grizz fell to three and five. The Montana State men's team won their first home game in quite a while, a couple of weeks. They've been on the road. They beat Colorado Christian 82-46 last Tuesday, but they then fell 98-72 to an outstanding Green Bay squad that shot 62% from the floor. MSU is 5-3 on the season. The women's team from Montana State is 4-2 after they beat Seattle U. The Lady Grizz 3-3 after beating Cal State Fullerton. Good 
goodness gracious. Basketball and football, you kidding me, Coulter? It's too good to be true. It, it is. I I feel uh, completely out of sorts with the Big Sky Conference and hoops right now because Montana and Weber State have the ability to get better games than anybody else in the league because they have traditionally been good. They can't get the power conference teams to come to Missoula or Ogden, Yeah, but they can get them to play them. Montana State, until they continue to ascend, like Brian Fish did a pretty good job of getting money games because of his connections within coaching circles, but it's not that advantageous for Power 5 teams to play teams like the Cats when the Cats have had RPIs in the 280s in recent years. And right, because even when you beat them, it, it actually can even hurt your standing. Right, and sometimes, you know, schools like the Power 5s want to have some really early season games, where they play, you know, an Idaho State or whatever as a warm-up game, and they, you know they can blow them out by forty and not really have to worry about losing. Regardless, it's been interesting because the cat or because the Grizz and Weber State have played reputable opponents thus far, and they neither team has just been very good. And Syed Pridgett has been good for the Grizz, and Jarek Harding has been good for Weber State. But other than that, they. The, the team, it's like I was telling you after the press conference on Monday when we were walking out of the Adams Center, we were kind of glancing in and watching the team practice. There's so many different ways to be good and so many different ways to be bad at basketball. Right. <laughs> and Montana, I shouldn't say that they're bad. They just don't know how to play together yet. And so there's stretches of games that are just brutal to watch. They just mm-hmm. look terrible. Yeah. And it's not because, and it's even more frustrating than, than if they were just flat bad. Like, there's been some, like, Brian Fish's first year at Montana State, the Cats were just flat bad. They just had guys that were just straight up not D1 players. But that's actually sort of fun to watch sometimes because, <laughs> like, like when Blake Brumwell is taking a charge, and you're like, man, this guy, like, how's he even hanging in this game? He's like a City League player. How is he even in this game? I can say that because Blake's on my City League team. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I'm saying. It, it's yeah. actually even more maddening to watch when you have – Guys like the Grizz have specifically, yeah. like Derek Carter Hollander, who you mentioned in the Sports Center, and Josh Vasquez and Kyle Owens. These guys are good players. They're very, very talented. They just don't know how to play and I, together, and they don't know how to play under the system that Coach DeCure wants. And I don't think that they've truly understood how to respond to Coach DeCure either. It's going to be a fascinating evolution and growing process, especially if Travis DeCure stays at Montana to see this class through because I mean th- think of how good the senior class was last year but think about those guys when they were soft freshmen and sophomores like they were going through it I mm-hmm. mean Montana went 16 and 16 it was a pretty mediocre team the first year that Ahmad Rory was eligible when Jamar Co was still sitting out when Bobby Moorhead was going through his sophomore slump Michael Ogine went from freshman phenom to a guy that was just where do I fit in with a ball-dominant guard and Walter Wright, a ball-dominant guard and Ahmad Rory? And, and Walter they, Wright was trying to understand what his role was going to be went from and the, never really did. I mean, he went from, like, the big-sky newcomer of the year then to having to be the second guard behind a Pac-12 guy and Ahmad Rory. It was just such a weird deal. But also, those guys, even as close as they got and as as well as they learned how to respond to Coach DeCure, it, it was a process. It was a process for them to get there. And that's kind of what I'm seeing out of the Grizz right now. They show flashes. I mean, Derek, Derek Carter Hollinger was was the best player on the court for a few moments against Stanford. I mean, he had that run against Stanford where he made like five buckets in a row. He had 12 points at halftime. They're in the game. But then he kind of just disappears, and I don't even think it's because of him. I think sometimes these guys, they don't really know 
the ebbs and flows of a game, how do you find your shot? Where are you at within the flow of the fabric of the team? It's so hard to learn that, especially right. when you're like those guys. I mean, those guys are less than a year removed from you know making runs at state championships and being the man on their high school teams. Right. And it's going to be an obstacle that Montana's going to go through compared to a lot of other Big Sky schools because they can get guys that are good enough to play right away who also they get them to come here under the premise that they probably are going to play right away, but then getting all those guys who are playing right away to play with each other and learn how to play within the fabric of a team, that's really a difficult challenge. And so I've just been sort of out of source with the way that the Big Sky has gone so far because, like we mentioned in the first hour, Sac State started off undefeated. Who saw that coming? They lost Marcus Graves. You think they go through a rebuilding, but instead, with Josh Patton, they beat Fullerton and Riverside and everybody, uh, which which were good wins. Yeah. You know, when you're beating Big West schools at the Big Sky, those are like opponents. That I mean, that's preparing you for conference play. Those are good wins. And Idaho State has been way better than advertised. But then on the other side, Idaho has lost to three straight Division two schools. Yeah, the Grizz lost to Montana Tech. Weber State lost to Utah State by 60. You know, it's just been a strange year to analyze, and I think that all the narrative around the league is by and large the same. These teams just got to analyze themselves internally, not externally, and get ready for conference play. Well, it's uh, a big night on Thursday in the state of Montana as the Montana State Bobcats welcome South Dakota State. Uh, By the way, the Lady Cats hosting before that. It's a doubleheader there in Brick Breeden. Gonzaga coming to uh, uh, Bozeman on uh, on Thursday to play the Lady Cats. And then uh, the the men play, as I mentioned, South Dakota State, who the Jackrabbits are a very good basketball program uh, in uh, in the Summit League. And then uh, the Grizzlies, they play North Dakota, formerly of the Big Sky Conference, uh, that will be here. And this is the last home game on Thursday for the Grizzlies in non-conference play. Crazy. And it's 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 big because they're 3-5 and five after losing, uh, you know, that Montana Tech game. They played New Mexico really close. We had a lead in the second half against the Lobos at the pit in New Mexico, uh, which is an incredible venue, uh, one of the legendary places to play uh, college basketball in uh, in the United States. But they end up, you know, falling in that game in a, in a, in a you know, a close competitive game. But now they play North Dakota. Then they go on the road to Oregon and Omaha. Omaha, very good basketball team in place to play. And even though they're not at a high major conference, it's a really good basketball program there. And, you know, of course, playing on the talent. road. No doubt. No doubt. And so... I mean, they, they draw really well. Omaha plays a really fun style, too. They get up and down. Brian Fish spent so much of his career at in Omaha, right. both uh, at that Creighton. I mean, 12 total years in his career. So they, the Cats have played Omaha for five years in a row. So pretty familiar with the Omaha program, but that would be a fun game because I actually think that Omaha is so much less about preparation than it is about pace, and that actually might be great for the Grizz young players. Mm. But this has been a hard season to, so I think for everybody around Missoula to get into because they're you know they're the two time reigning Big Sky champs, but they have so many new faces, right. not just with the departing seniors, but with all the guys that left the program too. And then you talk about the dichotomy of their schedule, all this the sort of games that you'd want to go see, New Mexico and. Arkansas and Washington and Oregon, Stanford, they're on the road, obviously. Sure. And then I don't think that there's much knowledge whatsoever about Texas State and Coppin State and Montana Well, and Tech. that's why this game Thursday against North Dakota is maybe going to be the Friday most... for the Grizz. Thursday for the Cats, right? Oh, is it, is it Friday? Friday okay. night for the we'll, Grizz, we'll, yeah. we'll confirm. Uh, yeah, it is Friday night, excuse me, for the Montana. Cats are, the Cats are playing the doubleheader on Thursday. Thursday yep. And the Montana Grizzlies on, uh, on Friday. But, you know, Saeed Pridgett, has been doing what he does, 18 points and 8 rebounds a game. 
you know, no matter who. I mean, he had 25 in New Mexico on on uh, uh, over the weekend. And Kendall Manuel is also starting to get back into the fold. He was struggling. I honestly think, man, this multiple line thing on the court, we saw this at the conference uh, championship last year where they added an extra line. Oh, I forget. It, it messed up the ladies so bad. Yes, and I think that you're seeing some of this because now the, me- the men's three-pointer has been moved back. And you got the women's, and in some cases, you got even a high school line on there. And so I've seen a multiple courts with three different three-point lines. And look, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's something that teams are trying to get, shooters are trying to get used to to figure out not just where they need to be, but the sort of the visual signifier when it's just one line is pretty, pretty easy to do. Now I understand if you're, you know, on the men's team, you just okay, it's the furthest line. You don't have to figure it out within that, but it's it's kind of hard to get a feel for that. I think uh, you know you'll see you will have seen some tougher shooting percentages, especially for guys that are three-point shooters earlier in the season. I think they work into that over time. But Kendall Manuel is averaging 12 points. Other than that, nobody's averaging more than seven points a game for the Grizzlies. And they're they're struggling they're struggling at times more than they're struggling in general. And I think you made a good point, Coulter. You said starting the game, coming out of halftime, coming out of timeouts, Montana has looked really, really good. But when a game starts to get into a flow and all of a sudden it's just playing basketball, it can fall apart. And this team can look really stuck on offense and really confused on defense until they are able to get reset and sort of reoriented by their coaches in terms of what they need to be doing and where they need to be doing because it's just not natural for them yet. And, you know, we'll, we'll, this is a super young team, as you said, we'll see how they progress. For Montana State, a bunch of new names there, but. Harold Frey doing what he does, 15 points a game, and he's averaging even Harold Frey, are you ready for this? Is leading the team in rebounding. I believe it. I mean, 5.9 rebounds a game, just remarkable uh, for their point guard. But Jabril Bello has been an absolute revelation. Five boards and 12 points a game from him. And then Amin uh, Adamu, as well as Layden Ricketts, are both over eight points a game. So they're spreading it out, and and uh, and they've had a little bit of uh, 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 of consistency, I guess I'd say, in the way that they've been playing Montana State. Those guys coming in, and again, it's a bunch of new faces, but not a ton of youth at, at Montana State. I mean, they're talking about transfer guys that are redshirt sophomores, some juniors and things like that, along with some young players as well. But again, the key to that whole thing, Harold Frey, when you have the definitive guy as the point guard, whereas Josh Vasquez, Timmy Falls, even Saeed Pridget sort of been mixing it in in terms of the ball handling responsibilities. There isn't a definitive guy in that respect for Montana. I think that's been part of what they're trying to work through. What is your role? How do you define your role? That's going to be a work in progress for both these teams. But totally. ironically, I think that the Cats just have much better role definition right now because they. it's not as if Montana doesn't know who their go-to guy is. They do. It's Saeed Pridget, but everybody around him is sort of in flux. They need to get Gerald, Jared Samuelson back into a high-minute role because then that will help. I think that Derek Carter-Hollinger could be a really good first-off-the-bench guy as a guy you can throw the ball to right away, right when he gets in the game, let him go to work on the post. But then he doesn't have to play these extended stretches where he gets into foul trouble. So if Samuelson can get back, that'll help Montana for sure. And the Montana State side of things, I just think that they understand their roles a little bit better just because they have a little bit more defined positions. I mean, Montana doesn't really have a true big with Samuelson out, whereas Montana State, they do have Baylow, they do have Devin Kirby. So they, they have some guys where you know exactly 
what their role is on mm-hmm. the team. And th- their minutes are a little bit more defined. They have a little bit more depth right now. It's going to be a work in progress, though, going forward. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. How are you out there? Hope you're well. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Drop by Kurtz on Saturday. That's this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And, hey, if you're going to the game, maybe even go a little earlier, they'll probably let you in. I heard I heard the good word. They're going to let you in, okay, even before the 10 a.m. They got free lunch for you, hot chocolate, coffee, whatever you need. You get yourself in there, and you get the best sale of the entire year, one day only, this Saturday at Kurtz Polaris in Missoula. Uh, if you would uh, like to check out the show on your own time, we encourage that. It's called a podcast. We put it for you there. Wherever you get your podcast, you search Two Tail and Nuanas. You listen to us whenever you want it, wherever you want it. It's there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Colter Ron Rivera fired today. Fired on a Tuesday in week 13. How about that? Uh, they lost, the Carolina Panthers did, to the now two-win Washington Redskins in Carolina. Not a great look. They are they have a losing record. They're basically out of the playoffs in a division that, you know, there's one really good team, but the, nobody really jumped up. If ever you were going to be a wild-card team in the NFC, like this would be the year. We talked about this the other day. But between Vikings, Packers, Seahawks, Niners, You've got your two wildcard teams there, but there's not even a third. Like, the closest next team would be the Rams right now in terms of a team that would be there for, uh, you know, the wildcard. But there's plenty of space at the table. Nobody from the NFC East is going to the playoffs. Nobody, you know. <laughs> but somebody's going to. Well, I mean, you know, that's exactly. That's the part that's so frustrating. But there's is, no challenger like for a wildcard. The Vikings wild card. are so much better than those teams in the NFC East, and the Vikings are going to be playing on the road in the first round of the playoffs after last night, and Dallas is probably going to have a bye in a home game. Right. Just totally like trying to lose. Nonetheless. How about the situation in the Dallas? The Panthers then? should be better, though. Shouldn't they? Well, I mean, you built your entire franchise on this guy, and he's out. I mean, when Cam Newton's out, it, uh, you can say whatever you want about Cam Newton. Kyle Allen is not Cam Newton. Perry That's why I think Ron, Allen got, Ron Rivera got a, ba- a raw deal, man. Like, of course the Panthers aren't as good without Cam Newton. Yeah. I, I, I He's been on the hot seat, though, a couple times before this. I think this loss, though, mm, oh, obviously, was, was, was the straw. The NFL's just so crazy, man. Like... They they won fifteen games 
recently with him as their head coach. Yeah, four years ago. Yeah, something like that. Perry Fuel has been named the interim head coach. Offensive coordinator North Turner will be the special assistant to the head coach. Uh, and Scott Turner will serve as the OC uh, for the remainder of the season while a coaching search is done. Uh, what did you want to... Did you want to say something about the Cowboys? Chris Peterson being I mean, their new head no, coach? No, I don't. I, I Well... The Cowboys get such a uh, nauseating amount of media coverage, but I also think that Jerry Jones uses the media. Jerry Jones went to the players and said that they, he basically, this was the headline, that Jerry, Jerry Jones tells players that Jason Garrett is close to getting fired. So in other words, he's putting it in the media that, do you guys want to win for this guy and keep him around? He's basically saying, win for this guy and keep him around, or don't. He's leaving it in the players' hands. Like, if they don't rally and win for this guy, they are telling their owner, we want a new coach. I, I just I find it a fascinating tactic. I think it's, I, I, I think it's insane. It's the Cowboys. Right. What, well, what else do we expect? Let me ask you this, okay, Coulter? I've just confirmed with my wife that I will not be cooking dinner. I will be ordering dinner. Nice. Can you get some za? I'm I'm trying to decide, man. So you come off this food bender for the last four days. You know what I mean? Feeling and weird. I've been good the last the last couple of days. You know what I mean? Trying to trying to do the right things, make good choices. You know what I mean? But I'm just wondering if I could wrap a burger inside of a pizza, if that might be the way to go tonight. Is there any place that sells that? Maybe inside of a burrito. Like just do the triple, just 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 sell it on down the river tonight. I mean, burritos are good for you. I totally agree with that. I mean, if you put the right stuff in there, it's not nearly as quote unquote bad as hey pizza cheeseburgers. Pizza's not bad. What you know, cheeseburgers get a bad rap, man. It's all about the carbs. How many carbs? Quite a lot. It's my hope. It's what's, my expectation. What's Kai want? Because that's going to just be the thing that really oh. uh, really helps out your... If um, you know what he wants, whatever he can see. Bananas, onions, cement, garbage, all of it. I'll bring him something, though. Get him something good. Boys and girls, have a wonderful Tuesday evening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. Tutel Nuanas, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.